Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And I'm so excited about today because I get to chat with one of my own. Regina Bellows is one of our longest tenured staff members. She was the very first successful client management hire we ever made. She actually wrote the manual for client managers here at Solutions 8. And since then has gone through a number of evolutions and is currently the executive director at our newest sister agency called Starter PPC. And I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. Regina, thank you for being here. Hi, Koss. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I think you're maybe one of the most impressive people that I've ever worked with for a bunch of reasons. Oh but my goodness. My favorite thing about you is your willingness to be thrown into the deep end and and then to help other people you know, kind of traverse the waters that you've traversed, but with greater ease. Because every time I've ever made you do something that had no had no rule book, you always turned around on me and said, hey, dude, we should probably document this, and then did a really good job of, of documenting it for the entire agency. I think the majority of our documentation started with you, generally speaking. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I think so. Yeah, there wasn't a lot when I came on. And if you <laughs> if you look at my note stock or my computer right now, you'll see that there's about a million tabs open at all times. It's because I have half documented everything. <laughs> and I've only even I've only given you like the tip of the iceberg as far as documentation goes. It's a, it's like a disease. It's a good disease to have and it's one that I'm grateful for because when we started, we were just so, you know, we were nimble. We were small. We were growing. And, and that excuse only lasts for so long. I have a favorite ask of you. Before we dive into the interview, what we always want to do is start with a nugget. We want to give our listeners a massive amount of value right out of the gate so they feel like they've, they've spent their time wisely and we've justified our existence on their schedule. So nugget for our listeners. You're a paid traffic expert. You know this stuff as well as most. What's the golden nugget you have to offer? A nugget. So lately, my mind. I guess I shouldn't say lately. Ever since I got the hang of Google ads a couple of years ago, I learned something from John Moran. Maybe he coined it. I don't know. Called the stair-step method. And it is it is proven to work. And so this whole time, you know, as I've kind of moved around in the company, I start learning more and more strategy. Strategy is great. Strategy is important, but none of it matters if you're not doing the stair set method, in my opinion. I mean, you can kind of fine tune things here and there, but you, but your overall company growth will be impacted by the stair set method 10 times what these tiny little strategic, you know, tweaks can, can do. And so I'll kind of break down what the stair set method is. I, I think it was coined by John Moran, the phrase at least. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he invented it. If not, he- we'll just give him credit. 
I learned it from him. I learned a lot from him. And this was the most impactful thing I learned from him by far. I've, I've rolled it out on a bunch of different businesses over the year. One, my, my favorite, I four X the business year over year, just by doing, I pretty much didn't even do that many other strategies in that account besides the stair step method. (laughs) (laughs) So, and this was an e-commerce company, but I think it works across the board, no matter what you're selling. So basically the stair step method in a nutshell is where you overpace your budget and then underpace your budget. And so, you know, when you overpace, you want to make sure you don't have anything restricting the algorithm from learning because overpacing kind of puts the algorithm into a learning phase, right? So you're going to remove TROAS, remove TCPA, that type of thing, push more budget in and the algorithm, I call it taking the algorithm to the gym. The algorithm is going to kind of go out and look for new things and new people to try with this new budget. So you're, you're doing a mini learning phase to grow the algorithm muscle. Then you pull back, right? Cause you got to hit your goals. You got to hit your, you got to get that return. You got to lower the CPA, raise the ROAS, whatever metric you're going after. So you, you lower the spend and you can do these little tiny mini, mini pushes and mini pullbacks within a calendar month, right? It's like if you have to show that you're hitting a certain return in calendar month, but you still have to grow the algorithm in a calendar month. This is the thing that it's like you're pulling the algorithm up by the skin of its own teeth. Is that how the saying goes? Skin of its teeth? That's I think so. We can, we can go really with that. Strange saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of helping anyway. the algorithm bootstrap itself. So instead of letting, you don't, basically you don't want, you don't want it to get complacent and think this is the box within which I live and now I'm going to perform within this box. And so you give it excess budget so it goes out and learns. And then you restrict the budget so it uses that learning in order to increase efficiency. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And And what's the timeline like here? You said within a calendar month. So does that mean first through the 15th is the overpace and 15th through the 30th is the pullback or does it depend on the account? (laughs) So good question. I, you know, for a long time, it's, it's hard to do this, right? It's, it's hard to get it's easy to talk about. It's harder to actually implement. So actually I've tried to break it down recently and I'm trying to get the entire company to start to kind of follow this. And yeah, that's how I broke it down. So one week, one would be overpaced 20%. Week two would be overpaced 40%. Week three would be pullback a lot. Like depending on how far you are from the goal you need to hit, pull back as much as you need to. And then week four would be, Hey, maybe you need to pull back some more on the spend. Maybe you even need to consider applying a restriction on the algorithm like TROAS or TCPA for a week. The biggest mistake that people make with the stair-step method is they apply the target ROAS or target CPA, which restricts the algorithm, and then they try to overpace. And they think, you know, why is the algorithm not spending its full budget? Or if it is spending its full budget, why is the algorithm not growing as a muscle over time? It's because you can't learn when this TCPA and the TROAS is applied. And people just leave that on forever. You can't, can't grow that way. That's a phenomenal nugget. I think that's, that's just so valuable to have. And especially for people running their own Google ads, they're going to have less tools in their tool belt. And so, you know, telling them Ralph has a, a saying that he loves, the little hinge that swings the big door. This sounds like one of those little hinges. Yeah, it really is. I think... Yeah, we're probably going to talk soon about you know Google Ads and how to how to kind of grow your business even if you're small with Google Ads. Nothing we talk about matters if you're not doing the stair step method, guys. <laughs> That's my it's my big focus right now at the company is trying to get people to 
everyone in sync on that. Yeah. I love that. Well, you're doing a great job teasing what's coming up. Before you do, though, there's something we're pushing really hard here at Perpetual Traffic, and that's the M-Lab. I don't know if you did this, Regina. Did you ever take all of Digital Marketer certifications? Maybe back in the day, but it, it must have been before before I met you. Um, yeah. Well, I remember on your resume, you had DM certifications on there. Exactly. That's right. Because I, I took them all. And I remember they were, they were so instrumental in my growth as a marketer. And what's crazy is Digital Marketer just put all 12 of their certifications inside of DM Lab. So instead of paying $1,000 per cert, which is what I paid, by the way, you now get all 12 certifications for just $95 a month. Wow. I know. <laughs> it actually pisses me off a little bit. But if you haven't taken DM certifications or it's been a long time and you want to catch up, you can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash lab and sign up for the DM certifications. And in today's interview with Regina, we're going to be talking about one of the most commonly asked questions we get here at Perpetual Traffic, which is how do I run ads on a shoestring budget? How do I run ads if I, if I don't have you know, an excess in, in, in monetary supply, but I still want to see if I can prove concept and, and scale? And what's cool is Regina runs an agency that does nothing but that. She's the executive director at Starter PPC. Starter PPC, it's in the name. Starter PPC is meant for people that aren't necessarily ready for a full-blown agency. And so they're going to go and, uh, and we're going to prove concept. And I think you're really going to enjoy the learning lessons that she's been able to kind of pull for us. And she's going to share those right after we come back from this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. And we're back with Regina Bellows, Executive Director of Starter PPC. And today's conversation is about how to run traffic on a smaller budget, which, to be frank, is something we used to just not do. So 
if you're just joining us, Regina was one of our earliest hires at Solutions 8. She's been one of our most successful client managers. And we used to get an unbelievable number of leads from businesses and startups that wanted to run ads, but they just didn't, they just didn't meet our minimum thresholds. We finally decided, you know what, we want to roll out an agency that serves these people. And we called that agency Startup PPC, and Regina was the obvious answer as to who should run this thing. So, Regina, we, we threw you straight into the deep end, as always. We gave you, I think, one of the hardest jobs at the agency. And what really blew me away is how quickly the damn thing has grown. When did we launch? When did we actually start taking on customers? I think February of 2022, so mm, five or six months ago. Yeah. And so that that was the beta launch though, right? Like we hadn't gone public with it and then we went public with it, I think just a couple of months ago. Yeah, that's true. I made this one YouTube video, <laughs> mentioned Starter PPC, and we got an overwhelming response. You made one too. And I had to ask you to turn it off because that yeah, was before we had the latest. I was like, it's been 24 hours and I can't handle it. Turn it off, Kasim. Yeah. There's so many small businesses out there and they, you know, are trying to DIY Google ads and it's hard. I, you know, when I first started working with you, Kasim, I'd been in the digital marketing space for a decade almost, but I'd never touched Google ads and I did not know what I was signing up for. Like there is so much to know. So I get it. These small businesses out there, they're watching your YouTube channel wanting to learn, but yeah, a service that, that works directly for them is much needed in mass quantity. <laughs> yeah. So, we're so trying to tell, is better. this number real? I'm looking at our wait list. There's 87 people on our wait list. Is that, is that a real number? Well, a lot of them have been reached out to, but I've been holding off making YouTube videos on the YouTube channel because of what happened last time. So <laughs> I've been purposefully keeping it low because people at this point have been waiting about a month. Um, oh, no. I don't want them to wait a month, right? Like two weeks max, ideally. So I'm just trying to manage it. Yeah. No, it's a good problem to have, but we're not here to sell Starter PPC, by the way. So if you're listening, you're like, stop shilling your own agency. What we want to do instead is we want to open the Komodo, as it were, and share everything that we've learned about running small ad spend accounts, because we'd, we'd never done that before, really. And so Regina's kind of the resident expert now on, here's what works, here's what doesn't, here are the pitfalls, here are the big mistakes, here's what to look out for. So Regina, where would you want to start? Do you want to start with what works or do you want to start with what to be aware of? Let's start with what to be aware of. Okay. That, I think that's a good place to start. So big mistakes and maybe let's define terms. We're calling a shoestring budget anything under five grand a month. Yes. And what's the average budget we're dealing with? Is it like 3K a month, 2K a month? What's? Yeah. Most people come in with 1,500 to 2,500, honestly. And then our goal is to try to grow them to 5K so that mm -hmm. they can then get access to the Solutions 8 incubator program. So we're, we're just trying to grow them a few, the first few thousand. But when you, have, when you have less budget to work with, the, the algorithm has trouble optimizing and so growth is slower. So it's kind of a bigger challenge when you have a smaller budget, unfortunately. That's it's kind of messed up that that's how life is. I wish it was the opposite of that, but it's just the phenomenon of how the algorithm needs to collect data points. The data points need to show it averages and patterns. The algorithm needs to see that and go out and do more of that. And, you know, also your margins are just thinner when you're small. You, you know, the, mm. the competitors, they've figured out all the upsells, all the long lifetime value, how to raise their average order value, bells and whistles on their website. Um, small businesses oftentimes are just working with 
smaller margins, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we have clients anywhere from 1500 bucks to $2,500 all the way up to five grand, which at 1500, that really is shoestring. What's the lowest budget you've dealt with so far? A couple of clients have come in with $500 budgets. It's, it's not impossible, but I would say in every instance we've gone to them and explained that if they're willing to just start with a thousand, <laughs> they'll probably find that it's worth it, that we can get, we can get them up and running a lot faster than we could on 500. And it, it kind of just depends on what the CPCs are in that agency, the cost per clicks, because if you take the budget and you divide it by cost per click, you know, divide it by days, 30 days in a month, then you divide that by the cost per click, you'll see how many clicks you're going to get every day. And then you have to think, okay, if the algorithm is only going to see nine clicks a day, how many people are going to convert? right? One a week. So yeah, four how much learning could you possibly do? So right, that's a knowledge bomb right there. I love what you just said. Take your budget. So let's say we're talking about a thousand dollars a month. Take your budget divided by 30. That gives us $33 a day. And then divide that daily budget by your potential CPC, which you can go get in Google's keyword planner. So let's say mm-hmm. that your CPC is 15 bucks, which is not uncommon, by the way. I mean, that's, you know, in a competitive industry, 15 bucks is easy. I've seen CPCs as high as $500. Yeah. Now you're getting two clicks a day. How much can we teach Google on two clicks a day? Right. Right. What and depending on the conversion point. rate. Yeah. So if you're only getting, for example, if you're service-based, you're on a $500 budget, $15 CPCs, you might get four conversions a month. Maybe only only three of those are actual high quality leads. So you throw one out the window. Well, the algorithm's not working with many averages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then to the point that you just made too, now there's so much more pressure on the strength of the business process. Because if you're getting four leads a month, one of them is junk. So now it's three and you don't answer your phone, you know, or you don't get back to somebody quickly. It's over. You're like, you just lost right. the game before it even started. Okay. So I kind of bogarted you a little bit. Big pitfalls, things to look out for. Go. Yeah. In a way, the stakes are much higher when you're a small business than if you're a larger business, right? The You can't just throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Every single data point matters because the algorithm has less that it's working with. So you can very easily point it in the wrong direction. Uh, so you know when you first get started, if you're working with a brand new a brand new Google Ads account, for example, a lot of a lot of the starter BBC clients come in and they haven't run Google Ads before. You know, one of the major mistakes that that clients make is they start out with automated bidding strategies. Maximize conversions as a bidding strategy means nothing to an algorithm that doesn't know what a conversion looks like. You know, target ROAS. You're telling the algorithm to to get you a 300% return. It doesn't even know how to make a single sale. It has no idea how to make 300%. So you need a large body of data before you can ask it to get you a 300% return. Similar to that, another common mistake is too much, too many top of funnel activities and not enough bottom of funnel activities. When When your budget is small, yeah, you want to do a little bit of top of funnel, top of funnel, meaning, you know, outbound video, outbound display, even high, even, even search terms that aren't specific enough, right? Search terms of people looking for information like wealth investment management, you know, instead of wealth investment management service, Mm. that's, that's the bottom 
wealth investment management is the top because it's just information. So, so doing too many top of funnel activities can be detrimental in the beginning because it points the algorithm in this direction, going after kind of a low quality, low quality lead. You're paying them to learn, paying for your customer to learn about your service instead of paying for your customer to convert. Yeah. So I've heard wrong bid strategy, which by the way, you said something that I think was absolutely brilliant and it should be tattooed on somebody. Maximize conversions means nothing to the algorithm if it doesn't know where to go to get conversions. Right. That's really profound. So you have to think about the bid strategies you're using. And it's not like, like Google's not magic, right? Like not yet anyway, it, may, it might be someday, <laughs> but asking it to do something that it doesn't know how to do yet, it's flawed logic. And I think that that's, uh, that's just really well stated. So don't use the wrong bid strategy. Don't spend too much time on top of funnel, especially if you have a low budget. What else? Yeah, part of the top of funnel mistake that people have been making this year specifically is performance max. Almost every client has come to us with a performance max campaign because they've heard all over YouTube they need to do performance max or possibly because Google just automatically switched their smart shopping over to performance max. Problem with performance max is for small businesses is it focuses a lot of the budget on top of funnel activities. And when you're small, in the beginning, you, you need a you need a baby step into top of funnel. Don't put ninety percent of your budget into those asset groups, letting it do whatever with your with your creative assets. You need to try to start to force budget into the bottom of the funnel by splitting splitting the performance max and doing smart shopping, or sorry, smart smart shopping performance max, which we call shopping only performance max, which I'm sure we'll get into in just a minute, and separating out that those asset groups, possibly even turning off the asset groups in the beginning. And if you're working with a brand new ad account that has no conversion history, consider doing standard shopping in the very beginning, because even even a shopping only performance max, which is essentially smart shopping, is a very, it's a highly automated thing to do. And the algorithm, you know, doesn't know how to, how to get those conversions. So standard shopping gives you some more control over the bidding strategies that you use, the bids that you're willing to go after. And it, may, and it lets you monitor the search terms so that you can start to hone in on product titles that are more effective before you switch over to a more automated shopping campaign. If you're e-com. There's a recurring theme here, which is go after the low-hanging fruit. If you have a, a small budget, we really what we want to do, and this is, this is true, budget restrictions aside, when you're running ads, you're teaching the mechanism who buys. And as it learns, the marketing campaign gets more effective. So in the very beginning, the faster you can teach it how to be successful, the faster you're going to be able to prove concept and monetize and then reinvest that money into ads. So if you've got a great big budget, you can do a lot of things and be super exploratory and you'll probably have you know, maybe a faster time to life. If you have a little teeny tiny budget, you need to go with the, the lowest hanging fruit possible because you need to show the algorithm, hey, you know, Sarah and Henry are my two buyers. Go after more people like Sarah and Henry. And... I like what you're saying about, you know, extreme bottom of the funnel, don't do top of the funnel. And then I like what you're saying about manual, not automated, because the algorithm couldn't know otherwise, so allow it to be efficient, and using things like standard shopping, because people dismiss standard shopping. They dismiss a lot of, you know, exact match search. They, they dismiss some of the, the tried and true 
because it's not, there's nothing sexy about it. They're just, you know, they're old and they feel really sterile and static and they're probably a little expensive. But standard shopping, if somebody goes to Google and says, I'm looking for blue light blocking glasses and you can show your product and you have a value proposition that actually makes sense and a price point that allows you to compete and Google can see. And the cool thing that I've noticed, Regina, and tell me if you've seen this too, it doesn't take a lot like a couple of purchases, you know, two, three, four, five. And now all of a sudden, man, we're cooking. Yeah, I was just, you read my mind. I was just going to say it is, it is a little more expensive to do manual. It is a little bit more expensive to do starter PPC. And I mean, expensive, like, okay, if you really get the automation rolling, you can get a, a much higher ROAS or a much lower CPA someday. However, in the beginning, that's just not available to you because you have a brand new algorithm that's not familiar with your product IDs. It's not familiar with your keywords yet if you're lead gen. And so, yeah, just for 30 days, 60 days, if your budget's really tiny, maybe 90 days, start manual and switch over after a month or two or three. Or you don't even have to make a huge leap to automate it, actually. We've discovered that you can set up like if you're e-com, for example, set up a shopping only Pmax campaign alongside your standard shopping. So after a couple of short weeks, we start to try to shift it over organically instead of turning one off and turning the other on. It's okay that you have the product in both campaigns. You don't have a ton of visibility into which campaign is better in the beginning because they're kind of sharing the same ads and competing against each other. But it's it's a more gradual transition and probably better for the bottom line to to do it over a month or something, transition the standard shopping budget down and the smart shopping or Pmax shopping only (laughs) budget up. It's so sadly ironic because we're talking about the businesses that have the least budget, so the smallest spend, and yet they have to go pay for the most expensive inventory because they need quality over quantity. Because they have to teach the algorithm and they have no margin for error. So it's it's massively counterintuitive. You would expect kind of otherwise. And I think that's why a lot of small businesses, when they try running Google ads, they're like, oh, Google didn't work. And it's like, well, you set your CPCs super low. You set your TROS super high. And you're expecting so much out of this mechanism and you're not giving it enough to learn with. And you have to kind of go against your intuition here and and expect to pay a little bit more find out where the quality prospects are. But then once you can teach Google who those prospects are, now you're in a position to really be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. Let us know what we can do better. We want to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. And we can't do that without you. So you can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Tell us something we're doing right, three things we can improve upon, and most importantly, topics you'd like to hear about in the future. As a matter of fact, this interview today came from your requests. Everybody kept saying, how do we run ads on a budget? So I went and got the smartest person I know in the space on running ads on a budget. And as you could see, she dropped insane value bonds. So more about what you want to hear, and I promise we're going to custom tailor our show to you. You can follow Ralph and I on Twitter. Ralph is at RalphHB. I'm at Qasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. All the resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. Again, Regina, thank you so much. And for the rest of you, peace. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 